Hello, welcome to your Decorum Talking newspaper for the week ending Saturday the 29th of January 2022. This is Team 3. Our editor is Eiling and the technicians for today are Joe and Martin. I am Janet and our other readers are Alan, Amanda and Brian. Our items are taken from the local Gazette and Express and all telephone numbers are on the local code of 01442 unless stated otherwise. The headline for this week is Paper Mill Blaze. Police arrest 13-year-old after a huge fire breaks out at the historic Frogmore paper mill. Here's this week's news. Hello, I'm Alan. A 13-year-old boy was arrested on suspicion of arson after a huge fire broke out at Frogmore paper mill in Apsley on Saturday afternoon. Hertfordshire Fire and Rescue sent 13 appliances to tattle the blaze at the historic working paper mill after receiving the call at around 3.28pm on Saturday afternoon. Firefighters used breathing apparatus, jets and hose reels to get the fire under control and police, who were called to assist at the scene, say the fire had been deliberately started in a skip before spreading to the mill. The mill's visitor centre has suffered extensive damage in the fire and the attraction is closed to visitors until further notice. A spokesman for Hertfordshire Police said officers attended to put road closures in place while the fire service worked to extinguish the blaze. The road was reopened at around 5.50pm. It was deemed that the fire was started deliberately and investigations are continuing. A 13-year-old boy was arrested on suspicion of arson and has been released under investigation while inquiries continue. Stephen Dunn captured some images of the smoke from his home on Lawn Lane. He said, I was working from home and I was heading towards the kitchen when I saw some smoke out of the window. At first, I thought it was somebody burning some leaves or something. But then I saw a huge mass of smoke, and there was an orange tint to it, and you could see flames at the bottom. The smoke covered the whole of Apsley. I was shocked by the amount of smoke that was there, and it was very thick. A number of emergency crews, including fire police, ambulance and a first response unit were dispatched to tattle the blaze which lasted over an hour. At one point you couldn't see the lights from the fire engines as the smoke was too thick. Hello, I'm Amanda. It was quite unsettling and fortunate that the wind was blowing the other way otherwise it could have affected a lot of homes. Even after it was all put out, when I opened my window, there was a strange smell, almost like metallic. Fortunately, no one was injured, but I think there was some damage to the Frogmore paper mill, which is such a historic building. Hopefully it's not too bad. Councillor Adrian England, County Councillor for Hemel Town District Division, has pledged £1,000 from the annual Members' Locality Budget to the fundraising for recovery and rebuilding. County councillors each have an annual member's locality budget of £10,000 to £15,000, 
which is made available to be allocated to organisations with various needs for projects which will support people and places in their divisions. Councillor Jan Madden, Nash Mills Division, has also pledged £1,000 from the members' locality budget to the fundraising. She said, This is a vital local community asset and is part of the hugely important history of the Apsley Nash Mills papermaking area. We must make sure it is saved. Of course, much of the reinstatement will be covered by insurance, but not all. So Adrian's and my donations will go towards the extra things that are not able to be reclaimed. A statement on the Mills Facebook page explained, Following a fire on the 22nd of January 2022, Frogmore Paper Mill will be closed to visitors until further notice. Thankfully, nobody was injured during the fire, but there has been extensive damage to the Mills Visitor Centre. We're in the process of assessing the damage to the site and our collection, and we're hopeful that our historic working paper machines have survived. We're extremely grateful for the quick response of Hertfordshire Fire and Rescue and their work to bring the fire under control. We're working with the police and fire service to help determine the cause of the fire. Hello, I'm Brian. Tring Brewery is celebrating 30 years of brewing with the launch of 12 unique beers, each raising money and awareness for Rennie Grove Hospice Care. Established in 1992, Tring Brewery has produced Cascale in Hertfordshire for three decades. Now, the brewery is marking the anniversary with the revival of 12 acclaimed brews that will enjoy a special re-release in support of Rennie Grove Hospice Care. As Tring Brewery's charity of choice for 2022, Rennie Grove's logo will feature across each of the monthly special designs with one-off events and competitions held throughout the year to raise funds for the charity. Rennie Grove Hospice Care is a charity based in Hertfordshire and Buckinghamshire, providing specialist care and support for adults and children with life-limiting illness. Through its amazing hospice at home service, available day and night, the charity offers patients the best possible quality of light, life with additional support and resources for families to allow every moment to matter. Each of Tring Brewery's 12 specials will be recreations of ales that have been crafted throughout 30 years of brewing, available in pubs and direct from the Dunsley Farm Brewery Shop on draft. Tracy Hancock, Director of Fundraising at Rennie Grove Hospice Care, said, We look forward to seeing the monthly specials they resurrect during the year and certainly hope that people enjoy them in the knowledge that they are also supporting our hospice at home care for local people. Jared Ward, Communications at Tring Brewery, said, Having celebrated their own 30th anniversary in 2015, Rennie Grove share a local timeline with Tring Brewery, so we have always been champions of their cause. To be able to make a difference to those connected with Rennie Grove is amazing. The tireless work of their volunteers and extended team of staff is admirable. Well, admirable. Rennie Grove is a local name, a cause which many of team's families have benefited from. They want to help them and it really comes from the heart, and we are very excited for the year ahead. 
A school in Hemel Hempstead is celebrating after it was awarded a good rating by Ofsted. Inspectors visited the Astley Cooper School on November the 17th and 18th, with the report being published online last week. The school was rated good in all five areas, quality of education, behaviour and attitudes, personal development, leadership and management, and sixth form provision. The overall good rating remains unchanged from the previous inspection in 2016. Head teacher Mr Osborne said, We are sure you will agree that this is a fantastic outcome for the school and the community. This is a good benchmark to continue building from as the school moves into its new facilities. This justified grading reflects the hard work of staff and students over the last four years. The report states the positive relationships they form with school staff, including in the sixth form, are a strong feature of the day-to-day life in the school. The atmosphere in lessons and around the school is calm and orderly. Pupils feel safe in school. While bullying is rare, regular reminders emphasise that bullying and other forms of abuse will not be tolerated. It added that leaders continue to raise aspirations for pupils and that staff have have thought carefully about the things pupils need to know to achieve well in most subjects, including English and mathematics. And the report said, leaders have paid close attention to helping pupils who need to develop their reading skills to catch up. Staff have been trained effectively to support this. The love of reading is well promoted across the school. Praise from inspectors for the school included most pupils enjoy school and get on well with each other. They know they are expected to work hard. The positive relationships they form with school staff, including in the sixth form, are a strong feature of the day-to-day life in the school. Leaders have ensured there is a strong focus on pupils' mental health and well-being. Individual differences are celebrated. This ethos is promoted across the school and in the curriculum. Hemel Hempstead Station may look a little bit brighter, thanks to help from a local charity. Sunnyside Rural Trust, which provides work experience opportunities for vulnerable people, has partnered with London North Western Railway and local volunteers to install planters in and around Hemel Hempstead train station. The trust designed made five planters from timber in its workshop before transporting them to the station. From there, volunteers filled them with a range of foliage. The planters will be in place all year round and filled with an array of seasonal flowers and perennials. What would you think of plans to introduce charges for county council services that are currently free or subsidised? That's one of the questions being posed by the council as part of its budget setting process. The online consultation starts by asking residents to what degree they agree or disagree with the council's budget proposals for 2022-23 and then it asks for views with a yes or no answer about a number of approaches that it says might be considered to be more cost-effective. That includes streamlining services and making processes more efficient 
or introducing or increasing charges for services that are currently free or subsidised. It also includes working in partnership with other organisations in Hertfordshire or helping people to help themselves so that there is less reliance on public services. The County Council hoped to receive responses from a range of groups including residents, businesses, parish and town councils, charity, voluntary and community groups, young people and council employees. And responses to the online consultation, which will run until the 1st of February, will be considered as part of the budget setting process. Councillor Bob Deering, Cabinet Member for Resources and Performance, said, We've put forward a positive and well-balanced budget that includes a series of significant investments in areas we know are important to residents that will help deliver a cleaner, greener and healthier Hertfordshire. Before we finalise the budget at full council in February, we would like to hear what residents think about our proposals and I would encourage all residents to respond to the consultation that's now underway. A department store could be replaced with a new restaurant and offices, according to plans submitted to the Borough Council. Make Believe Ideas has submitted an application to convert the former M&Co store in Berkhamsted High Street. The application, which appeared on the Coram Borough Council's planning portal on January 17th, covers changes between 212 and 220 High Street. The site, which sits inside the town's conservation area and includes a Grade 2 listed building at 216 High Street, has stood vacant in the town centre since July 2021, after the closure of the M&Co store. The plans we'll see 216 to 214 remain linked as a restaurant, while 218 to 220 will be split to operate as a retail unit. Offices will then take over the space on the first, second and third floors of the building, previously used for retail storage and staff facilities. The material changes made include a new door installed facing the high street, new waste-level signage and the replacement of windows and chimneys. To the rear of the building, a new timber pergola will be erected as part of the plan to create a roof terrace adjoining the offices. The application also outlines a proposal to extend the existing ground floor unit to make space for a new restaurant, but this will be subject to a separate planning application. The proposals also do not outline which businesses may move into the new units and changes to the signage above the retail units will need to be approved separately. Make Believe Ideas currently operate a children's cafe and head office in the wilderness Berkhamsted. A planning statement also confirms a separate Grade 2 listed outbuilding will not be involved in any changes to the building, while the changes to 216 High Street will be to the flat roof which is not of any historical interest. The applicant concludes the premises are in a poor state of repair and the proposed external works would facilitate the viable use of the upper floors as an office, which would ensure its long-term conservation. And by bringing the building into effective use, the plans are policy compliant. Teachers at a Hemel Hempstead school are taking part in more strikes over a pensions row. Teaching members of the National Education Union 
and the National Association of Schoolmasters and the Union of Women Teachers took part in strike action on three dates in January. The dispute concerns proposals by the governing body to remove teachers from their pension scheme and the threat of using the tactic of fire and rehire. A spokesperson for Abbots Hill says the school has met with the unions and added that the consultation is still in progress with no final decisions made. Paul McLaughlin, Regional Secretary NEU, said the employer has had every opportunity to resolve this dispute by talking meaningfully with the unions. However, the fact that they haven't even arranged a full governing body meeting until February speaks volumes about their intent. Members deserve to be treated fairly and the governors should work with us to resolve the dispute rather than ploughing on regardless. A spokesperson for Abbots Hill School said the governors and head of Abbots Hill School regret that teaching members of the unions voted to take industrial action. Nearly a quarter of the country's independent schools have left or are planning to leave the TPS because of the unrealistic and unsustainable level of employer contributions, which amount to a 43% increase since 2019. The school's main objective now is to ensure that the best possible education experience is delivered to the pupils during this challenging time. The NEU Hertfordshire Independent Schools Officer Sean Murter Howard stated, Teachers want to teach, but the government seemed determined to undermine members and proceed whatever the cost. Their behaviour is disingenuous to the school community. Home Secretary Priti Papel recently visited Berkhamsted to support the Conservative campaign ahead of the Berkhamsted West by-election next week. Stopping at Berkhamsted Leisure Centre on Thursday, January 20th, the Home Secretary discussed local issues with the Conservative candidate, Gary Moore, MP Gagan Mohendra, and Berkhamsted Town Councillor Jackie Jones. Also present were the leaders of Decorum Borough Council, Councillor Andrew Williams and Hertfordshire County Council, Councillor Richard Roberts. Decorum Borough Council confirmed by-elections in Berkhamsted West and Boxmoor will take place on Thursday, February the 3rd to appoint the new councillors. One seat in either ward will be up for election after Nicky Woolner, Berkhamsted West, and Liz Utley, Boxmoor, both left their roles at the start of November. Hemel Stags Rugby Club will benefit from a large grant to refurbish and upgrade changing rooms. Rugby League World Cup 2021 has announced that Hemel Stags Rugby Club is one of the latest recipients of a created by large grant for community clubs and organisations. The club in Hemel Hempstead has been awarded the grant to refurbishing and upgrading the changing room facilities to help the club as it looks to develop a Super League team for women and champion the growth of the female game. Four other large grants have also been awarded to clubs across the country, including Bradford MBC, Charleston Rovers, 
St Helens MBC and Haydock Warriors and Farnley Falcons. The five new projects takes the total investment so far to over £15 million. John Dutton, Chief Executive of the Rugby League World Cup 2021 said, this is another brilliant milestone for us as we have now delivered over £15 million in large grants. As a tournament, it has always been our aim to make a positive impact on people's lives across communities, as well as creating great memories for rugby league fans. This initiative is providing support to community clubs who are crucial in developing the sport from grassroots level all the way through to the professional game. The five latest projects that have been awarded large grants via our Created by Capital Grants programme all showcased a real desire to develop the sport as well as supporting those playing rugby league in their local area. We know that these grants will be instrumental in the growth and continued development of the sport. Rugby League World Cup 2021 would like to wish all the grant recipients the very best of success and we look forward to seeing the finished outcomes. We now come to the letters page with a letter from Martin Horstead, President, Rotary Hemel. I write to thank your readers for their generosity to the Rotary Santa Sleigh, which had a very successful 2021 with more than £17,000 collected. Many thanks are due to the 25 collecting teams, the organisers, sponsors, the local media and volunteer drivers who all make a tremendous contribution to this community project. Over the next couple of weeks, donations will be made to the collecting teams who delivered leaflets along the routes and accompanied the Santa sleigh in all weathers along the streets to accept the donations. Later, about 20 smaller amounts to local charities will be made. The remainder of the Rotary share of the sleigh collections will be used to fund other local youth and community projects. We are very proud of the contribution made to the local community through the Santa sleigh, which has once again brought so much joy to young children during these continuing difficult times. Thank you to everyone who has helped us. Rotary Hemel needs some more members now to ensure that it can continue to provide the Santa sleigh and its many other community projects every year. If you want more information, please contact us at Hemel Rotary Club at gmail.com, visit hemelhemstedrotary.co.uk or telephone Tony Amys on 254-479. In this email letter from Michelle Larkin, she writes, As a voter, I know that the way I can hold those in power to account is by casting my vote in elections. That's why free and fair elections are so important. I find it remarkable then that the current government is driving through new laws that will make our elections less free and less fair. The Elections Bill will let the government itself set the priorities for the independent elections watchdog that polices our elections. It's the equivalent of one manager in a football match getting to instruct the referee on what to focus. It doesn't stop there. It introduces a devastatingly expensive, up to £180 million over 10 years, and wholly unnecessary requirement for voters to produce photo identity documents at polling stations. 
It is estimated that this will lead to at least a million eligible voters being turned away from polling stations at the next election. This comes just weeks after dozens of Conservative MPs were telling us we do not want a society where we ask for papers and deprive people of their liberty. The Elections Bill threatens our liberty and democracy. I urge people to write to our MP to ask them to oppose it. And now back to the news. One of Decorum's most loved villages has just been named one of the most desirable places to live in Britain. The Daily Telegraph has published a list of what it calls Britain's poshest villages, and little Gadsden has made the cut. Based on a wide range of factors, from demand for housing to schools to proximity to cities as well as equal green space, um, the newspapers published a list of the UK's most well-to-do hotspots. The, village, the list of the 54 poshest UK villages has been compiled from exclusive data from several estate agents based on a combination of the highest house prices, best lifestyle amenities, connectivity and the chocolate box appeal. Little Gadsden is known for its historic ties with the National Trust's Ashridge Estate and sits in an area of outstanding natural beauty. The average price for homes in this village is over 1.3 million. The high house prices are reportedly driven by its close proximity to Berkhamsted, a popular location for London commuters. Chris Smith of Savile said it's highly desirable and full of character with a local shop and post office, a primary school and tennis and cricket clubs. Calls have been made for the County Council to extend its plans for the installation of electric vehicle, EV, charging points as part of its budget setting process. Hertfordshire County Council has been developing an EV charging strategy based on destinations such as dedicated charging stations, supermarkets, leisure outlets or workplaces rather than along streets. But a cross-party group of councillors has recommended the council looks to extend its EV charging coverage. It has also been suggested the county council work more closely with others and that there is some provision in areas on or close to residential streets. The calls were made at a session designed to scrutinise the Council's highways and transport budget proposals. Councillor Lewis Cocking questions the Council's concentration on destination charging facilities, while government funding was available for alternatives. And Councillor Nigel Taylor suggested a need for some charging points that were within 10 minutes walk of properties that did not have off-street parking, either at the end of streets or in nearby areas where there was less on-street parking. In response, Executive Member for Highways and, Can and Transport, Councillor Phil Bibby, pointed to figures that showed there were already more EV charging stations in the county than petrol stations. There are, he said, 175 publicly available EV charging stations in the county, with 517 charging points compared to 122 petrol stations. 
He said that the 1.8 metre width of most pavements meant there were practical considerations with installation impacting on pedestrians or cyclists and pointed to issues relating to the use of permits and to the complications and obsolescence of technology. He added that current charging options include car park charging at venues like supermarkets, Starbucks and McDonald's. But he did accept that there would need to be a mix of options, suggesting that charging hubs at the ends of streets may be more appropriate than on-street. Figures published by the National Police Chiefs Council show 1,127 fixed penalty notices, FPNs, were issued by Hertfordshire Constabulary for breaches of COVID-related laws between March 27, 2020 and December 19 last year. Of those, 35 were recorded from May 17, 2021, when different households were allowed to mix indoors for the first time following several months of lockdown. Chief Superintendent Nick Cabany from Hertfordshire Police said, Thankfully, the vast majority of people in Hertfordshire have done the right thing throughout the pandemic, so we have not issued a large number of fixed penalty notices. Human rights advocacy group Liberty said communities have been subject to disproportionate and harmful policing while staff at number 10 have been attending drinks parties. Three renowned textile artists from across the UK will present a new body of work in Berkhamsted this month using fabrics and inspiration from Africa as their common thread. Janice Gunner, Liz Hewitt and Maggie Ralph, three friends who share a passion for using African fabrics in their work, have joined forces to present an exciting and varied exhibition at the Open Door Community Arts Space in Berkhamsted. The exhibition will showcase a variety of techniques, including hand and machine stitching, weaving and quilting, in a stunning combination of colours and textures. Two workshops will give participants the opportunity to create their own fabric book, a mini quilt, using a selection of beautiful fabrics. Joan Fisher of Open Door Manager said, It is fabulous, fabulous to be able to bring this meld of traditional African textiles and contemporary UK creativity to our gallery space. We hope lots of people will come and immerse themselves in this opportunity to share in the passion, beauty and excitement of this unique exhibition or to join one of the workshops to have a hands-on experience of working with these wonderful fabrics. African Odyssey, a common thread, is open Monday to Saturday, 10.30am till 3.30pm from Monday, January the 31st to Saturday, February the 19th at Open Door, 360 High Street, Berkhamsted. This week in history. January 25th, 1981, the Gang of Four, Roy Jenkins, David Owen, Shirley Williams and Bill Rogers, broke away from the Labour Party to set up the Social Democrats. On this day last year, Facebook News, the social network's new section dedicated to personalised news content, launched in the UK. January 26, 1993, Václav Havel became the first president of the new Czech Republic. On this day last year, 10 Nepalese climbers 
who were the first to scale the world's second highest peak during winter, received a hero's welcome on their return home. January 27th, 1992, Jennifer Flowers accused Arkansas Governor Bill Clinton of being a liar after he denied having a 12-year affair with her. On this day last year, the Duchess of Cambridge paid tribute to the inspirational Holocaust survivors for educating the next generation about the horrors of the Nazi regime. Jan 28, 1908, the London Playhouse Theatre reopened. January 29, 1916, Zeppelins bombed Paris for the first time. On this day last year, thousands of Brits rushed to return home from the United Arab Emirates before a flight ban came into force. January 30th, 1933, Adolf Hitler became Chancellor of Germany. And on this day last year, a, a dinosaur footprint was discovered by a four-year-old girl on a beach in South Wales. Residents in Decorum can meet their safer neighbourhood team PC Attila Che and PCSO Simon Jackman on the first Wednesday of each month. You can meet them at the local market between 11am and 3pm to discuss any local issues you may want to share. This gives residents a chance to get crime prevention advice as well as an opportunity to raise and discuss issues in the community about crime or antisocial behaviour with the local officers in person on a regular basis. By hearing about the concerns of residents regarding crime and antisocial behaviour, officers can act specifically and tackle those issues more directly to make your community safer. Now we come to the information slot. This is followed by the obituaries, what's on and more news. Green-fingered residents who regularly create more garden waste than they can fit in their green-lidded bin can sign up for the additional Green Waste subscription service. The service gives residents the opportunity to buy additional 240-litre green-lidded bins for £25 each and have them collected on their normal garden waste collection day for a seasonal subscription fee of £60. Garden waste collections will start again from the fortnight beginning February 28th and continue through to the end of November, beginning of December. Collection dates can be checked using the online postcode checker at decorum.gov.uk forward slash mybins. The regular, free of charge garden waste service currently provided to households will remain unchanged. This additional service is an optional extra if required. Greeny lidded bins are for organic garden waste only. For more information and to subscribe to the 2022 additional garden waste subscription service, visit decorum.gov.uk forward slash extra green bin. It's a dilemma many of us are increasingly facing. Do we heat the home or simply eat? The UK is facing an energy crisis, 26 energy suppliers having already collapsed with a long winter of high energy bills ahead for many homeowners.
The team at Filter King have shared 75 helpful tips on their website on how to lower your bills. Top 10 experts tips for this winter include 1. Use energy efficient appliances. It's always worth investing in household appliances which are built with cutting costs and being more efficient in mind. 2. Install a dimmer switch on your lights. Lights are one of the biggest contributors towards electricity bills, so installing a dimmer switch is a great way to lower the amount of energy your lights are using. 3. Opt for a tankless heater instead of a water one. The biggest advantage of a tankless heater is that it only works when you ask it to. 4. Turn off the heated dryer drying system on your dishwasher. Many homeowners are unaware of this, but a dishwasher will heat the air it produces to dry the dishes when it doesn't need to. By turning this setting off, your dishes will still be able to dry while in the dishwasher. 5. Don't overcrowd your fridge and freezer. When you have too much food in your fridge or freezer, the appliances struggle to keep the items of food cold, which results in it working harder in order to do its job. Continuing that theme, number six, get your entire home insulated. Better insulation keeps the heat in during the winter months and the cool air in the summer months. Seven, program your home's thermostat. Set your thermostat temperatures to go up or down at different times of the day so that you are not under or overusing it at any one time. Eight, Weather strip your windows. By keeping cool air out, your heating unit will not have to work as hard. Number nine, use blinds and curtains to keep the sun out. When the blinds and curtains are closed in the winter, they keep the heat from your heating systems in. Also, opening with the windows when the sun is out lets the sunshine in and warms your home. Keep your windows clean. The sun will illuminate and heat up your home more efficiently through clean windows. The more dirt that is there, the less surface area the sun will be able to make use of. Filter King founder Rick Hoskins said, As consumers ourselves, and with years of experience in the industry, myself and the team understand how expensive the cost of electricity can be. We wanted to share these hacks to make people aware that there are an endless number of changes that you can make within your home that will benefit you financially and not all come with an initial cost attached to them. Whether it's drying your laundry outdoors or installing dimmer switches on your lights, it's worth getting to grips with the simple changes you can make which will result in lowering your monthly outgoings and becoming more financially sound. Evolutionary bionic chip inserted into first UK patient with AMD. A patient with dry age-related macular degeneration, AMD, has been able to detect signals in her blind left eye thanks to a revolutionary new implant. An 88-year-old has become the first UK patient to receive a new device which gives hopes 
of partially restoring vision to people with dry AMD. The successful procedure to insert the bionic visual aid took place at Moorfields Eye Hospital as part of the Primavera clinical trial. The procedure involves inserting a 2mm wide microchip under the centre of a patient's retina by surgically creating a trapdoor into which the chip is posted. The patient then uses special glasses containing a video camera that is connected to a small computer attached to their waistband. The patient, who has seven children and eight grandchildren, said, Losing the sight in my left eye through dry AMD has stopped me doing the things I love, like gardening, playing indoor bowls and painting with watercolours. I am thrilled to be the first to have this implant, excited at the prospect of enjoying my hobbies again, and I truly hope that many others will benefit from this too. The 88-year-old is one of 38 people across Europe taking part in the trial, which is looking into the safety and benefits of the device known as the Primer System. The system, which has been developed by Pixium Vision, is intended to partially replace the visual function of the eye's photoreceptor cells by electrically stimulating the nerve cells which transmit signals to the brain via the optic nerve. It consists of three elements, a wireless retinal implant, a pair of glasses with a camera, a digital projector and a pocket processor. The implant captures the visual scene projected by the glasses and transmits this to the computer. Artificial intelligence, AI algorithms, process this information and instruct the glasses to focus on what it perceives to be the main object in the image. The glasses project this image as an infrared beam through the eye to the chip which converts this into an electrical signal. This signal passes through the retina cells and optical cells into the brain, where it is interpreted as if it were natural vision. Four to six weeks after being inserted, this implant is tested by switching the chip on and at this stage the patient should be able to see a signal. They then go through a rehabilitation program to learn how to use the vision they have been given. After this, patients are potentially able to recognise words when they couldn't before. It is being trialled with patients who have lost their vision in an eye because of dry AMD, for which there is currently no treatment. It is estimated 12% of those over 80 will be affected by dry AMD, while the advanced stages of the condition affect 6.7% of over 80s. Consultant ophthalmologist and cataract and vitreo retinal surgeon at Moorfield Eye Hospital, Mahi Mukit, said, We are very proud to be part of the expansion of the Primavera pivotal trial, and we are keen to help bringing this innovative system giving bionic vision to patients in need. 35 million of us throw away our Christmas lights. That's enough of the sparkling beauties to wrap round the earth 12 times. Even Santa and his reindeer don't cover that distance on Christmas Eve. Up to 40 million ele electronic devices are stored at home. The good news is it's really easy to recycle unwanted electrical items with the UK's dedicated Recycle Your Electricals campaign. Please have a look in your cupboards for anything with a plug, battery or cable that you no longer need. Help us all make the most of the valuable materials in them, including gold, aluminium and copper, by finding your nearest electricals recycling location on the website 
recycleyourelectricals.org.uk. Northridge Way Basketball Court. Work has begun on the refurbishment of the Northridge Way Basketball Court in Hamel Hempstead. When completed in the next few weeks, the court will have a new multiplay tarmac surface, new hoops, fencing, and a small seating area. Due to the cold weather, the court will have temporary lines until the spring when the final court colouring and lines will be laid. Thank you to Hemel Hempstead firm Witten Electrical, based at Maylands, who have sponsored the community project. Obituaries recording in this week's announcements page include Stephen Roy Alexander, Steve or Sparky, of Fennycroft Road, aged 65, Henrietta Ambrose, Rita, of St Paul's Care Centre, aged 85. Dennis John Hallam of Kings Road, Berkhamstead, aged 77. And Elizabeth Ann Parsons of Pine Walk, North Church, aged 78. May they all rest in peace. Now to what's on. Dream Girls, Milton Keynes Theatre until February the 5th. Meet the Dreams, Effie, Laurel and Dina, three talented young singers in the turbulent 1960s, a revolutionary time in American music. Join the three friends as they embark upon a musical roller coaster ride through a world of fame, fortune and ruthless realities of show business, testing their friendships to the very limit. The smash hit show comes to Milton Keynes direct from the West End on its first UK tour. It stars Milton Keynes actress Natalie Kasanga. Visit ATGTickets.com to book. In the theatre, here's what she said to me is at the Old Town Hall, Hemel Hempstead, February the 5th. Meet Agbeke, Omotolo and Aramid, Three generations of proud African women connecting with each other across two continents, across time and space. Here's what she said to me combines drama with music, poetry and movement to tell a story of daughters and mothers in a world of migrations. The play is recommended for ages 15 and above. Visit oldtownhall.co.uk or call 228-091 to book. Watford Palace Theatre, January 29th, The Bob Dylan Story. Feast on an array of our delights and biting lyricism, including Like a Rolling Stone, Subterranean Homesick Blues, Blowing in the Wind, All Along the Watchtower, Mr Tambourine Man, Knocking on Heaven's Door, and so many more. Music lovers can enjoy fascinating stories behind the hits and let the evocative visuals transport them to the 1960s, a time when one of popular music's greatest icons reigned supreme. Visit watfordpalacetheatre.co.uk or call 01923 to book or for more information. 
Saturday the 29th of January 2022, Amadeus Chamber Orchestra Concert, St Peter's Church, St Peter's Street, St Albans, AL1 3UG at 7.30pm. Beethoven, Coriolan Overture, Haydn, Symphony No. 101, Clock, Beethoven, Piano Concerto No. 4. Tickets, discounted admission in advance, £15, £3 for accompanied school children, online at amadeuschamberorchestra.org.uk. Admission on the door, £18. African Odyssey, a common thread, is open Monday to Saturday, 10.30am to 3.30pm from Monday, January 31st, to Saturday, February 19th, at Open Door, 360 High Street, Berkhamsted. Tring Farmers Market is on Saturday the 12th of February from 9am to 12.30. Telephone 07989 943748 or the website is tringfarmersmarket.co.uk. Tring Farmers Market started in 1999 and was one of the first in the country. Due to expansion and to allow more space during the pandemic, they have moved from our High Street location back to the original home of the market in the marketplace, Brook Street Tring, HP3 ed There is easy, free, one-hour parking in the Forge car park off the High Street just a short walk down to the market, but don't forget to get a ticket. They have a wide variety of stalls from locally produced lamb and beef, free-range eggs, plants, sourdough bread, cakes, pastries, jams and preserves, candles, silver jewellery, gifts, artwork and homewares, fruit and vegetables when in season, locally distilled gin and rum, British cheeses and locally produced charcuterie. They also have local history books and old photographs of Tring and the surrounding area, along with a great selection of beautiful handmade cards. Aikman Street Baptist Street stall offers free tea, coffee and chocolate to everyone to enjoy while you browse the stalls or listen to the market minstrels who play traditional folk music from about 10.30 with donations going to Den's Homeless Charity. The Tring Local History Museum is also located in the marketplace and is definitely worth a visit. Try something new in 2022. Are you keen to walk more this year but feel a bit nervous about joining a walking group alone? Well, rest assured that our walking groups at Hertfordshire Heath Health Walks are full of friendly walkers and approachable leaders who are ready and waiting to greet you on their walks. You will be made to feel welcome whether you are coming by yourself, as most of our walkers do, or with a friend or family member. Register online today or call us on 01992 555 888 between 9 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. and between 2 p.m. and 3 p.m. Monday to Friday to ask any questions you may have. Now to more news.
Decorum residents recycled over 6,000 Christmas trees for free at the Borough Council's chipping points. The annual recycling day has been running in Decorum for 26 years. Some trees were passed through the chippers with the chippings available for residents to take away and reuse in their gardens as a weed preventative. The remaining trees and chippings will be recycled into compost. The council received several evergreen trees that were still alive and potted in soil with the roots intact. These trees were kept aside for replanting. Students at the Adifield Academy in Hemel Hempstead got the chance to consider their future career options at the annual careers fair. The high school on Longlands welcomed a number of businesses and organisations to the annual event on Thursday, January the 13th, including the British Army, Hertfordshire Police, O2, Watford FC and local employer BAM Construction. There were also representatives from the University of Hertfordshire, Oaklands and West Hearts College to discuss further and higher education options with students. A school spokesperson said, Our annual careers fair was a real success this year and it was fantastic to see our students thinking about their future career aspirations. At the start of 2020, RNIB began working with Kellogg's on a project to find a solution for making packaging more accessible. But what started out as a small trial and an awareness-raising exercise has since grown into a world-leading project. The relationship began when Kellogg's wanted to create a special edition Cocoa Pops box to mark World Sight Day in 2020. Knowing that 9 in 10 blind and partially sighted people find it difficult or impossible to read packaging information, their aim was to increase the understanding of sight loss and use the accessible edition as a trial to show what could be achieved in this space. The original trial, which took place in over 50 co-op stores across the UK, featured new Cocoa Pops boxes, which not only had braille, larger print and simplified artwork, but also featured a UK-first technology that allows smartphones to detect and playback labelling and allergen information to the user. The new technology, NaviLens, is similar to a QR code, but can be detected in a fraction of the time from up to three metres away. Also, as the technology was originally created to provide navigational assistance, it means that it can help the shopper to find a product, as well as giving them packaging information. The trial was an overwhelming success, with 97% of participants agreeing they would like to see more of these accessibility features available on grocery packaging. After analysing feedback, Kellogg's and RIB quickly recognised that the ability to access pack information digitally using NaviLens catered for the needs of everyone with sight loss, rather than just those with specific requirements, such as Braille users. Laura Fashi, Paralympic gold medalist, said, The prospect of being able to go into a shop by myself and buy my shopping is such an incredible opportunity. Due to the success of the trial, Kellogg's announced in July 2021 that from early 2022, 
it will be adding Nylens codes to their entire range of cereal products across the whole of Europe. Mark Powell, Strategic Accessibility Lead at RNIB, said this announcement from Kellogg's is a real game-changer within the packaging world. It marks a significant step change in how big brands can put accessibility at the forefront of design and packaging decisions and be a catalyst for change. Important information on packaging can often be in very small print, making it difficult or impossible for people with sight loss to read. Changes like this can provide blind and partially sighted people with vital information for the very first time, giving us the same freedom, independence and choice as sighted customers. Designing packaging so that it works for everyone makes complete sense and we hope that other brands will follow Kellogg's lead in making packaging information more accessible. Concerns about the County Council's success in recruiting and retaining planning staff has been highlighted as part of the scrutiny of growth, infrastructure and planning budget proposals. Currently, the County Council has posts for around 60 planners, but up to 8% of these roles are unfulfilled. Officers determine applications submitted to the County Council, comment on applications made to District Councils and develop the county-wide strategic infrastructure plan. They also seek developer contributions for services such as highways, education and libraries and provide landscape, ecology, archaeology, design and sustainability advice to district councils. But, says the council's budget document, the difficulties in recruiting and retaining planning staff are acknowledged as a key risk to developing the sustainable growth agenda. As part of the process to scrutinise budget proposals, Executive Member for Growth, Infrastructure and Planning, Councillor Stephen Bolton, highlighted plans for eight new roles within the Directorate. But he recognised that there were already a number of hard-to-fill roles. To improve recruitment, Councillor Colette Wyatt-Lowe stressed the need to do things differently and to think at a tangent – while Councillor Jan Madden stressed the need to build links with an increased number of universities. Councillor Jeff Jones pointed to concerns that the private sector would recruit staff for higher pay after years of being trained at the County Council. And Councillor Nigel Taylor suggested that the Council should increase the number of recruits in the knowledge that a lot will leave for the private sector in a bid to stop costs escalating. Education officials at Hertfordshire County Council have agreed to pay £100 to the parent of a child with special educational needs because of a delay in issuing of an amended Education Health and Care Plan, EHCP, and following an investigation by the local government and social care ombudsman, they have agreed to look at how they can improve their processes to prevent further delays. The actions follow a complaint to the Ombudsman by a parent, referred to as Mrs J, who complained that her son, who has autism and ADHD, was not receiving the provisions at the mainstream school 
that had been specified in his EHCP and that an amended EHCP was delayed and did not meet statutory timescales. According to the Ombudsman report, the overall delay was almost 11 weeks. Mrs J also complained that her son was not receiving the provision specified in his EHCP at the school he attends. The report said that although the boys' school had initial concerns about meeting the provision specified in the EHCP, the council had then written to the school to address those concerns. And the Ombudsman reported that he had seen no further evidence to suggest that the school still cannot meet the provision. In response to the findings, a spokesperson for the County Council said that it had reviewed its working practices. She said, following this investigation, Hertfordshire County Council recognises and apologises for the difficulties faced by this family. The departments involved take all feedback seriously and have reviewed their working practices as a result. Decorum Fencing Club had great success at the Eastern Region Fencing British Qualifying event last weekend. It proved to be a huge success with all fencers entered into the APE category coming out victorious. There were gold medals for the under-12s Faye O'Neill and Lucas Farlam and the under-16 Raya Farlam and under-18 Grace O'Neill with both Raya and Grace having 100% records with no defeats. There were also very good performances from Clementine Burney in the under-16 and Harriet Wall in the under-18 girls, as both finished in fifth, respectively. The coach was delighted with the results that see all the fencers progress to the GB Fencing National Competition in May. He said four golds and two fifth places, it's well done everybody. There is a great team spirit and support at the club. Thank you to the parents and fencers. I'm very pleased for the athletes. Decorum Fencing Club and Decorum Pentathlon Club both train out of the Everyone Active Leisure Centre in Hemel Hempstead, fencing all blades, apes, foil and sabre. Beginners are welcome to join and for more details contact the club by email to membershipsecretary at hotmail.co.uk. We're coming to the end of this week's news. Sunrise and sunset times for this weekend are 7.43am and 4.44pm. Our amenities directory will be read after the final music. When you've finished with this week's recording, please remove your memory stick from the player and return to us promptly in the pouch provided. Remember to swing the metal protective guard over, the, over and push it well into the pouch. Turn the address label over and place it back into the front pocket. Please seal and clip the pouch and post back to us in any Royal Mail posting box. Thank you for listening. So until next week, it's goodbye from your readers, from technicians Joe and Martin and editor Ailing. Goodbye. <laughs>